Hello, uh, today we're going to talk about the word hadith and really we're going to focus on three main points. What does this word mean? We're going to explore the importance of hadith and what it signifies from a historical context. Um, and we're also going to explore um, how the word hadith uh, appears in the Quran. So, what does the word mean? So from a literacy perspective, it means news and information. And what you'll find from uh, looking at classical sources is that the word is often interchangeably used with the word khabar and athar and uh, even the word sunnah. And these are kind of freely interchangeably used. And as I've mentioned, the word hadith means news and information. But in particularly about uh, news and information about the Prophet and his companions and the students of those companions, if we want to extend the term to them as well. And so it is an important term to try and understand. And from uh, a historical perspective, the importance of hadith is that it is to be looked at as a collective because hadith in a singular perspective are bits of information, bits of historical data about the Prophet ﷺ and his companions. And therefore, when we try and look at the hadith as a collective holistically, what we're trying to do is to try and understand what the sunnah of the Prophet ﷺ is, I, what was his normative practice. And that's what the importance of hadith is. So the word hadith has a literacy and historical context as well as a very particular uh, shari'i uh, uh, angle to it in that we are trying to understand what the normative practice of the Prophet ﷺ was. And that is best done from looking at the hadith as a collective. Now what's interesting is that the word actually does appear in the Qur'an. And it, in the Qur'an, it, it highlights both aspects from a, the word being used as a literacy, literacy device as well as a, a, an allusion to uh, uh, the hadith uh, concept that we understand from the hadith sciences. So, for example, in Surah Al-Naziyat, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, Hal ataka hadithu Musa? Has not the news of Musa reached you. So the word hadith is there being used from a literacy point of view, from a literal point of view, I information, news. Uh, and uh, f- what we find is, interestingly in Surah Al-Duha, and uh, the author of Fat al-Mulhim mentions this in his introduction, Shaykh Uthmani, that the last verse of Surah Al-Duha, فحدث, it seems to be the origin of the problem, the propagation uh, of hadith and the start really of the hadith uh, being propagated by the Prophet ﷺ to his companions, uh, which is an interesting perspective. So what we find in this example is the Qur'an using the word hadith from uh, a literal point of view as well as alluding to 
the purpose uh, of uh, the Prophet sallallahu mission and the uh, origins and importance of uh, to to propagate to to teach to uh, promote uh, and what we therefore find is that the hadith uh, in summary really have a uh, important meaning that we need to understand from both from a literacy point of view as well as a shara'an point of view and that the word hadith is is historically representative as a collective of the Prophet Sallallahu practice, i.e. his normative practice. And we'll come across this in many other episodes, inshallah. But what the hadith are trying to do is trying to piece together what the sunnah of the Prophet Sallallahu is. In the last episode, we uh, discussed uh, the meaning of the word hadith uh, and its importance. Uh, today I wanted to just discuss uh, very briefly about the actual structure of a hadith I uh, report from the Messenger of Allah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam So when we look at a hadith uh, It comprises two parts uh, which are important The first part is the chain of narration And the chain of narration invariably ends at a, a, a companion or a, or the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam, and we'll we'll come uh, to that in future episodes, inshallah. So we have a chain of narration, uh, and then what we have is the main body of the hadith, the matan. So we have what we call the isnad, the chain of narration, and we have the matan, uh, and therefore hadith are comprised simply of these two parts: the chain of narration. And the matan. What's um, important to understand is when we look at what we call derived sources uh, of hadith and derived books, as I call them. For example, uh, Imam Nawawi's forty hadith, or Riyadh al-Salihin, um, or uh, collections like Mishkat. What you usually have is you don't have the isnad present in the book. Uh, all you have is usually the companion who narrates the hadith from the Prophet sallallahu and that's uh, in contrast uh, stiction to um, primary sources of hadith, for example, Bukhari, Muslim, Abu Dawud, and we'll come across in future episodes what these books actually uh, were authored for and their peculiarities. So, in the the primary sources, either Kutub al-Sitta. Uh, you usually have the full sanad, the full chain of narration from the author to uh, the Prophet ﷺ. So let me give you an example. So if you open um, Riyadh al-Salihin or you open Imam Nawawi's 40 hadith, uh, the first uh, hadith is إِنَّمَا الْعَمَالُ بِالنِّيَّاتِ And uh, that actions are based upon intentions. And it usually starts An Amir al-Mu'mineen Abi Hafs Umar ibn al-Khattab radiyallahu ta'ala anhu Qal Qal as-sami'tu Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam So Umar radiyallahu ta'ala uh, He narrates from 
the Prophet So the Sahabi is mentioned And that's a similar uh, kind of pattern in many of these secondary derived books as I've mentioned However, when you look at a primary uh, text of hadith uh, such as Bukhari The same hadith is uh, is kind of structured in the following format uh, so all these names, I, uh, Humaydi, uh, Sufyan, Yahya ibn Sa'id al-Ansari, Muhammad Ibrahim al-Taymi, Al-Qama, and Umar are part of the Senate. They are, and then they link to the Matan, which starts, Innam al-A'malu bin Niyat. So have a, have a look in Bukhari, open Bukhari and look at the first hadith and you'll see this chain of narration. And that chain of narration starts with Umar through these personalities, all the way to Humaydi, who was the teacher of Imam Bukhari, and then it goes to Imam Bukhari. So uh, that's the difference between uh, the primary sources of hadith and how they um, they uh, list the full sanad and secondary sources which just generally mention the name of the, the companion. Uh, and what you'll realize is once you start studying hadith in a bit more detail is that the sanad is very important. Uh, knowing who these personalities are, uh, either the science of rijal is very important in determining whether or not a hadith is sound uh, or, or is defective or has a, a, an issue. Um, and the sanad is also important uh, as uh, a link uh, a spiritual link as well as a, a formal hadith science related link to the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam is the blessed legacy of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam that has been preserved through these uh, uh, through these uh, scholars of hadith uh, so for example in the hadith that I recited in Bukhari uh, the teacher of Bukhari who made uh, he uh, teaches Bukhari this hadith and then Bukhari collects it in his collection and then from the modern day we have uh, scholars of hadith and students of hadith who have chains of narration from them all the way to Imam Bukhari and therefore that creates a link between uh, the student or the sheikh of today to the musannif, either author of the book, say Imam Bukhari and then from Imam Bukhari through Humaydi, through Sufyan, through Yahya bin Sa'id al-Ansari, through Muhammad Ibrahim, through Al-Kama, to Umar an, and invariably to the Prophet So that's the chain of narration. And then we have the Maddan, Inna mal'a'malu bin niyat, and the hadith continues. And so hadith are structured in this way. So in summary, what we have is secondary sources, which just generally just have the name of the companion or the narrator. And primary sources such as the Kutubu Sitta, Bukhari, Muslim, Abu Daud, which fully list the uh, narrators of the hadith in the Sanad. 
and that Sunnah has a, 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 an important role to play in the science of Hadith, in the Ilm al-Rijal. And then the Sunnah ends at the Matan, which is the actual main body of the, uh, of the Hadith. One of the important things that we realize is um, when reading uh, Asanid, either chains of narration of Hadith, a few words keep cropping up between the names. Uh, and I just want to go through four of them today and make you aware of a, a, another fifth term which we will deal with in a lot more detail at some other point, inshallah. So the first term that you'll probably hear between names of narrators is Haddathana. Another one is Haddathani. Uh, another one is Akhbarana, Akhbarani. Uh, so these are very common terms that are kind of interspersed between narrators in chains of narration. Uh, uh, so if you look at the uh, uh, the first opening narration of the Muatta of Imam Malik, uh, it, it reads uh, something close to Yahya ibn Yahya al-Layfi haddathani uh, an Malik an ibn Shihab. So what does this word haddathani mean and, uh, and, and what does this word an mean? So today I'm just going to uh, park the, the terminology of an to a different episode, inshallah, and just concentrate on what the word haddathana, haddathani, akhbarana, akhbarani means. Because what it indicates is the mode uh, uh, of uh, reception uh, and transmission and audition of a hadith between student and teacher. So when you see between two names in a change, haddathana, uh, that basically means that the student received the hadith from uh, his or her teacher in the presence of other students. And when you hear haddathani, that means the student received the hadith from the teacher without anybody being present. So the first is a is a, a jama, a plural state. Now akhbarana means that the uh, student read the hadith to the teacher in front of other students. And akhbarani means that he read the hadith to the teacher without anybody being present. So these are four common terms that you will see. Haddathana, haddathani, akhbarana, akhbarani. Haddathana and haddathani basically refer to the uh, teacher reading the hadith, i.e. to a group, which is haddathana, or to a single person, haddathani. Akhbarana and akhbarani. Akhbarana means that uh, a student uh, read the hadith, in the presence of other students to the sheikh and akhbarani means that he read the hadith or she read the hadith to the uh, teacher without anybody being present so what we have is especially uh, after the time of imam shafi'i the uh, the modes and uh, audition and transmission of hadith between teacher and student becoming much more specific. And the reason being that the hadith became 
the main modality in which the sunnah uh, was to be transmitted. And what we have is uh, around about uh, Imam Shafi's time, hadith becoming very central uh, and uh, very pivotal uh, to many of the sciences and most importantly becoming the sole repository for the sunnah uh, and therefore what you had is a refinement of the method and a greater accuracy uh, in which hadith was received, recited and transmitted between student and, and teacher whereas uh, uh, in the early uh, phase of, of Islam and the uh, early parts of especially sanads that you see in the primary sources you will see uh, 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 the term an between names quite a lot so as I've mentioned in this example right at the beginning that it was an Malik an Ibn Shihab uh, so, uh, and that basically means on the authority, uh, according to, and this uh, an is uh, very important to understand as well, which we will deal with in future episodes. So today, the most important thing to understand is, is what do the terms haddathana, haddathani, akhbarana and akhbarani uh, mean? Uh, and just to have some awareness that uh, these uh, terms are not without meaning and they are very important in telling us how student uh, and teacher uh, received and read or uh, transmitted the hadith. One way to uh, consider hadith and their classification is to uh, try and understand and examine uh, upon whose authority is the hadith narrated uh, to us so we examine the chain of narration and we look at the end of the chain i for example if there is a, a continuous chain uh, uh, and it, it ends with the uh, prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam then that uh, hadith is considered a marfu hadith i is it's the sanad is ending uh, at the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam. The uh, second type of hadith that we ha have is is called mawquf, and the mawquf hadith ends at a companion. And the third type of hadith is maktu, i ending at a tabi'i. So. When we consider hadith classification, uh, one way is we simply look at where does the sanad terminate. If it terminates at the Prophet wasallam, a sahabi or a tabi'i. Uh, and therefore the hadith can be termed marfu, mawquf and maqtu uh, respectively. So that only leaves the last question is, so how do we define the hadith a bit more f uh, fully than rather considering the authority upon whom it's narrated upon and the structure which is an isnad and a mutton as we've dealt with in previous episodes so 
when we look at hadith we are looking at the uh the qawl which is the saying the fi'l the action and the taqreer either tacit approval of the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam so the qawl the fi'l and the taqreer uh the tacit approval means that something or an incident happened in the presence of the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam and the prophet sallallahu alaihi simply didn't object to it he remained silent uh, and therefore that is an akin to that action or that event being uh, acceptable so we have a hadith which is qawli which is a saying of the prophet sallallahu alaihi a fi'li an action of the prophet sallallahu and taqriri that something was done and he uh, approved of it and therefore we have qawli fi'li and taqriri marfu hadith that end at the prophet sallallahu qawli fi'li taqriri hadith that end at the sahabi and there are mawquf and qawli fi'li and taqriri hadith that end at the tabi'i and therefore are maqtul so this is a very simple way to uh, further elaborate hadith classification and you can see that we end up with nine types of hadith already based on authority of narration uh, and the final uh, uh, classification that can be added to this family i hadith based on authority is hadith that are qudsi that are narrated uh, virtually on the you know on the authority of allah that allah allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has said uh, and so therefore these are known as hadith qudsi so just to summarize we have marfu mawquf and muqtu hadith and we have in each, each hadith can be qawli uh, fi'li taqriri i saying action and tacit approval of the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam sahaba and tabi'in